and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are playing a game of hairstyling clue as we talk about yet another directorial debut, this time Thomas Hardiman's Medusa Deluxe. We're on fire, literally. Oh, if you've seen Medusa Deluxe, you'll get well, it. Uh, well. Spoilers ahead. But we are on fire with the directorial debuts as of late, Ben. This A24 was just like 2023. It's the year. We're putting out all the debuts. Yeah, it's it's happening. Like, we're That's just getting nonstop. So, yeah. I love it. It's pretty much every week. Um, let's see. Medusa Deluxe, a murder mystery set in a competitive hairdressing contest. Extravagance and excess collide as the death of a contestant sows seeds of division in a community whose passion for hair verges on obsession. Uh, two things to note for this podcast. Number one, spoilers are ahead for Medusa Deluxe, the newest movie for A24. Uh, you can watch it on uh, VOD right now, I think, mm -hmm. is pretty much the way that you can watch it. I believe it's also streaming on Mubi. Um, I could be incorrect, oh, cool. but I heard about that. So you might want to check that out. That's how you can watch Medusa Deluxe. It is a murder mystery. So if you don't want to be spoiled for the mystery, um, you know, pause this pod, come back at a future date, or uh, once you've seen the movie, join us for our conversation. Because we've we've got some deciphering to do on our own. We're definitely going to break this down because I have yeah. a lot of questions. Uh, second note, this episode of the podcast was recorded and created during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike. The movies being covered here would not exist. A24 has uh, agreed to pay those writers and actors what they have asked for, rightfully so. So we get to talk about A24 movies and they get to keep promoting them and get to keep releasing them, which is very, very exciting. Couple pieces of housekeeping, Ben. We yeah. got a big one. Uh, stop making sense. The um, talking heads. What? What? What is this exactly? Because you're the guy, Ben. I I don't know anything about this. It's like yeah, it's a live concert uh, performance recording from Talking Heads. Um, I forget what year it is exactly, but uh, stop making sense. Uh, they did a trailer of it. If you no, David Byrne with like the big jacket, like the big huge shoulders mm -hmm. like that. That's this concert. And we're getting the IMAX debut. It's going to be shown at TIFF. Uh, it's going to debut there, which is kind of awesome. Um, and then there's like the global release party on September 11th. Uh, apparently everywhere except Salt Lake City. So I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I have to get somewhere to see this. But uh, dude, you got to yeah. figure this out. I can't believe IMAX, they would dude. they would jip you like that. That's crazy. No, I like I'm upset. I'm bothered. So it's like I'm either coming up to Portland. I'm going down to Vegas. I'm doing something. Yep. I yep. gotta I gotta see this. Listen, IMAX, so you gotta you gotta get in there on Salt Lake. You gotta help our boy out. You Please. gotta come on. You know how much. I preach about IMAX. I'm very excited that this is coming to IMAX. I think that's oh, very yeah. cool. I think that's a really awesome thing um, to be done. Portland is getting a showing. It is. However, I, I, I feel part of your pain, Ben, because it is happening um, outside of really the city. It's happening like 25 minutes away. I got to mm. drive to this, this big theater that gets all the, you know, fan screenings and previews and other things that are, is technically outside the city limits. And it is going to be during uh, rush hour. So, you know, the price of the price of the pot, I guess you got to do it. Uh, but at least I can drive there. I was going to say, like, it's, <laughs> it's literally within the state. I don't have that option at all. So I feel like this bad for you. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Again, maybe I'll maybe I'll fly up there and we can drive together in rush hour to go see it. Let's let's do it, Ben. Definitely. Um, speaking of David Byrne, 
So I asked you about this. A24 announced this a long time ago. And mm-hmm. I li- you texted me about it this morning. A24 tweeted about it. Um, we're getting a, a trailer. So the night that we are recording, we're getting a trailer tomorrow. So by the time this pod comes out, a trailer would have already dropped. So we're come out yesterday. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're a little late and in this like time uh, gray zone here. But I will say you suggested to kind of go in blind for me because I don't really listen to the talking heads. I don't really listen to David Byrne. I, I don't really know that world. So I'm excited to check this out. I will say, however, I'm working my way through The Bear season two. And mm. there is a David Byrne song that I have added to my favorites on Spotify called Glass, Concrete, and Stone. And mm-hmm. I listen to it every day. It's a fucking heater. So I'm excited for this show. I think you're going to love it. You know, like I, I saw it recently for the first time within the last couple of years. I love the talking heads. I just had never watched this. Um, and I think I wish I could have seen it in obviously an IMAX for the first yeah. time. Cause it's like, it's going to be, I th- I'm curious afterwards how many songs you'll have recognized. So I'm about oh, to talk yeah. about that. I'm super curious. I can't wait. Um, one other piece of housekeeping. We did get a new trailer for a new A24 movie called All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. Um, this is about, about a two-minute trailer. This movie is out of Sundance. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, neither of us got the chance to see it um, at Sundance. This trailer looks really sad and really depressing and really heartbreaking, and I can't wait. Yeah, it looks... I mean, the thing I was thinking about while I was watching, was like, oh, this looks like a very poetic trailer. Like, this is uh-huh. very... It's going to be... A wonderful movie i feel like you know i mean it's a trailer but like if this is any signs of what the movie is going to be like it's gonna be a pretty powerful movie and i'm I'm excited to check it out absolutely big year uh another directorial debut so um yeah, yeah big big stuff from a24 this year so um those are cool things coming down the pipeline let's talk about medusa deluxe ben let's this is it. this is the newest movie that kind of didn't really get a lot of promotion it didn't really mm-hmm. get a lot of marketing push I think it, you know, and we've talked about it here on the pod before of like, this is just like A24 style, right? So they'll have Talk to Me, which is um, on track to become their highest grossing horror movie of all time. And it is absolutely crushing the box office right now. We've already announced the sequel, tons of marketing, tons of word of mouth, bunch of push for this movie. Um, And then a week later, they come out with Medusa Deluxe and they're like, hey, check it out on VOD. And that's all we hear about it. And they maybe tweet about it once. And that's kind of it. It's the duality of A24. I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you feel about this? Um, Medusa, Medusa Deluxe aside, I, I know it's just kind of like a guinea pig, but like, are you okay with this like such heavy juxtaposition in, in marketing or do you wish A24 would kind of like streamline everything? I mean, smarter people than us are probably making these decisions, you know, <laughs> so I've got to just like how leave it up to them. You? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I, I won't lump you into it. Smarter people than me are definitely making these decisions. <laughs> Um, you know, with Raka Raka in their YouTube following, it kind of makes sense that they would make that push. Um, but yeah, I am curious what the decision is behind this, where it's like, ah, it's a BBC film. It's kind of a niche, like hairstyling thing. Maybe it doesn't need that big of a push. I don't, I don't know. I am curious, like what the numbers were for VOD for the rentals and stuff. Cause I mean, you know, not to show my hand, but I had a good time with it and it would have been really interesting to see in the theater. Um, but I mean, as I also talk about my track record of the theater kind of sucks. So it was (laughs) nice to like watch it at a place where I wasn't interrupted or I didn't have to like see anyone's phone or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's curious. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because today at work we were talking about some of my coworkers, um, 
we got talking about Ex Machina that all started because okay. we were talking about Oscar Isaac's dance scene and Genius. just how, how money that is. Like, it's just like one of the best scenes ever. And then we got talking about Alex Garland and then Annihilation and then Men. And okay. the guy I was talking to was like, oh, what's a man? I've never even heard of that. It's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, I guess it did have some promotion, but maybe some people just didn't. Yeah. hear about it or didn't catch on to it and it's like also how do you describe men you know it's like uh <laughs> about okay. some dudes. uh yeah like, <laughs> i don't know and then like to talk about it without spoiling it's like there's some imagery in there i will never forget it's no. a it's a provocative movie but like mm-hmm. that's all i want to say about it but um as, as yeah. soon as you say men i my mind goes to the final 10 minutes i'm Dude. like that was the fucked up most fucked up thing because when i saw men and I'm sure I mentioned it here on the show when we did that show, like I turned to the couple behind me that was watching it. And I was like, I literally, I was just gripped so much that I talked to these strangers and I was like, what did you think of what you just witnessed? Cause we are all in this together <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I never, ever do that. And I was like, what did you think of that movie? And the guy was like, I thought it was pretty good. And the girl was like, that was not for me. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Men is wild. Speaking of Alice Garland, I did watch Annihilation for the first time last Ooh, week. Nice. Um, not an A24 flick. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm still contemplating how I feel about that. I, I love Natalie Portman. I just don't know if it was as good as I maybe wanted it to be. Yeah. But you know, that's, no. that's a, another pod for another time, I guess. But Alex Garland, interesting director nonetheless yeah to say the least um but yeah i guess to wrap up my thought like it's just it's interesting that the last three weeks we've talked about talk to me Uh and then we've covered earth mama and now we're covering medusa deluxe and you know one of my co-workers does ask me like oh what you guys talk about this week and these last two weeks he had no idea what these movies were he's like oh what's earth mama i've never heard of that before and it was same with medusa deluxe like i've never i haven't heard anything about it where at least talk to me got a little bit of a you know, promotional push. So I'm curious yeah. what their reasoning is. Uh, if anyone from H20 is listening, please come on. Like, I would love yeah. to hear about that, but um, I don't know. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're watching him. That is fascinating for sure. And, you know, to that point, like Problemista um, with, with mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, that comes out in a week. That comes out next week. Um, we have no idea how to watch it. We don't know if it's playing in any theaters. We don't know if it's VOD. We don't even have it on our podcast schedule because it is so like up in the air. So yeah, Again, like they they have this big duality in their marketing where they do smartly choose which ones they do heavily market so they don't oversaturate that A24 brand. But I think it's really interesting because of your situation, right? Mm. That you mentioned, like people don't know these are A24 films. And I wonder if that is a good thing. I wonder if A24 is kind of like protecting the brand and protecting yeah. that logo by not flashing that and saying, hey, we actually are releasing one new movie every single week for the entire month of August. Mm-hmm. Any other studio, uh, like, A, that doesn't happen, and B, I feel like they would just be like, you're getting a new movie every week, like, enjoy it. And A24 is like, no, nah, we got one big one. The rest of them, mm-hmm. you can discover on your own, which is very, you know, very cool and very, like, in line with, with A24. Um, okay, so Medusa, Medusa Deluxe. Cinematographer is Robbie Ryan. I just wanted to call this out real quick. In, in a review that I read um, on Roger Ebert, this cinematographer did Come On, Come On and The Favorite, which mm. is is really impressive. And I had no idea um, did this film. I I do want to break it down. Um, I want to break down the ending. I want to I want to know your thoughts on the murder mystery of it all. Yeah. But I think, of course, we should do general thoughts first, and then I I want to get your take on the 
technicality of this movie because going into it, I had no idea that this was a wonder. No clue that I was watching a single take for close to 100 minutes. And I was pretty blown away from the technicality standpoint of things, at least. Um, yes. Sorry. I'm pulling up his IMDb. He did Marriage Story. Like, Let's fucking go. Are you serious? We're so back, baby. Yeah, he's done wow. so much good stuff. He's done American Honey, which is an A24 movie that yep. we need to cover still. Um, he did a movie I love called Fish Tank, uh, British film. Okay. So Ginger and Rosa, I think that's also an A24. That is so, also an A24? I think yeah, that's like a lot. one of the first A24 movies. Wow. I believe so, yeah. So we'll we'll be watching more of his stuff, I guess, as <laughs> okay. it comes along. But um, yeah, no. What was the question? I don't know. I'm sorry. I got so caught up with his IMDb. It's like, wait, this guy's probably done so much other cool shit. Marriage <laughs> like, Story Marriage Story jumped out to you and just suffocated your brain. It was like, oh, it's all Marriage Story, I cried baby. four times. You know, <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's oh, amazing. The, the, the technicality. The technicality of the yeah. movie being a one and being um, set in this space that is essentially a, a warehouse with a stage, right? Um, smart, smartly set in a place with dark hallways. So yeah. as to kind of cover up these these seamless transitions. What did you think about the fact that it was a one Cause I didn't know this going into it and I was pretty blown away. Yeah. I had no idea we were getting this. The setting feels similar to Birdman, you know, yep. when they're inside yep. the theater where we get kind of like the dark Birdman hallways and things like that. Movie. It really yeah. is. Um, I love, I like, <clears throat> I love the one aspect of it. <clears throat> Sorry. I love the one aspect of it. I'm curious well, I was curious throughout watching it. How well would the story work if it wasn't a oneer? Uh huh. You know what I mean. And I think that's like the thing with so many of these oneers is like, does is the story interesting or not? But speaking of the the technicality of it alone, I think they pulled it off great. And honestly, like they weren't even super tight with everything. Like they they did a great job. But like we see a lot of camera right. reflection. Like we see some of that in the mirror. We see the camera shadows and the lights, like on the actors faces. Like it wasn't this thing, you know, we don't get that in Birdman. Like that thing is dialed in. That's super tight Elite level. Yeah. Right. And this one was like a little more, I don't want to say run and gun. Cause like shooting a one for any amount of time is super difficult to do. Um, and they still pulled it off great. But I think that's what I liked about it is they were kind of like fast and loose with it. Where it's like, you know what? Like, you might see someone's like leg in the mirror really quickly. Like yeah. that's okay. We're just going to keep moving forward with it. So I enjoyed the technicality of it. I think it added to my enjoyment of the movie. Um, Cause again, like we'll talk about it. Like, I don't know the story itself, how much it would have like kept me interested if it hadn't been told this way. Mm-hmm. Cause we get a lot of great monologues. We get a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, but yeah, the technicality and the seamlessness of it all, I think, I think it worked really, really well. And I thought it was interesting that the trailer doesn't let you know that at all. I don't think there's any way to have an idea. This is what's going to happen at all. I, I do think you raise a fascinating question in the fact of, um, and you know, this could be, be applied to, to all movies that are kind of told in this style with this one right? Obviously mm-hmm. 1917 probably being the, the most famous and the most yeah. iconic. Um, is the one there to service the story or is the story there to service the one I think mm-hmm. um, at least in this situation with Medusa Deluxe and I, and I'll, I'll say, so I don't keep people waiting in suspense. Um, I was disappointed by this movie. I think I I wanted it to be a lot better and it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get into this conversation, but I think with that question in mind, 
it does seem like the story was maybe designed to service the wonder of this idea of like, hey, I have an idea for a setting and like we could do a murder mystery, Mm -hmm. but also like I just want it to be a wonder. Like how can we make that happen? And that just seems like we maybe built it around that. And I don't know if that always is efficient. I don't know if that always produces something that is, um, you know, like theoretically um, enveloping and like and Mm -hmm. in in the idea space and the theme space of things. I would say technically, uh, I agree with you on on all fronts. I think it was really impressive to watch. And I think there were a couple of moments where I was like, how how did they do that like how did they pull it off I, I know we walk down a lot of stairwells a lot of times and like kind of rotate around people and i was like that's slick that looks yeah. good like very impressive um but then of course there were other moments a lot of mirrors and a lot of re- reflections and shadows and a lot of uh dark hallways and 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 signs where you know you could be like okay that's got it that's the mm-hmm. seam or that's the cut right um but it is pretty impressive especially for a directorial debut and and i admire and i respect that aspect of it the movie as a whole didn't really work for me um you you mentioned you like it though ben yeah i mean i had a good time with it i respected the technical side of things and what they were able to accomplish i thought it was interesting um dialogue i guess you know like not that it advanced the story a ton but like just the i don't know the way these characters were caught up in these scenes and just realizing like, Oh, they have to hit their mark every single time. Cause some of these like yeah. are probably at least 10 minute scenes all at once, you know, and, like there's a lot of stuff that's cut in here. We know that, but even that opening dialogue when we're, we're I, for me anyway, like I'm very impressed with the story this person is telling, but also coming to the realization like, Oh, they're not making any cuts. Like we're <laughs> yeah, chill- totally. Is this a wonder? Like what the fuck? You know, like just like, that's well, just going through my head. That yeah. For like 15 minutes, you're like, is this a wonder or are we just getting a really long shot? Like, are we just, exactly. are we going to break eventually? Or is this literally going to be the whole movie? Which I think is really an, a, a, an effective way to grab someone initially. Yeah. Cause I, I kept waiting for like the title card. It's like, okay, maybe we're doing like a wonder for the cold open. We'll get the title card and then it will just be like everything else. That's what I thought was going to happen. But then it just like, it just goes like we leave the room like, Oh no, this is just a wonder. That's crazy. All right. So I enjoyed it. I thought the performances were fun. I thought like we got a lot of very unique characters. It was cool to see such great costume design and obviously hair styling. Right. Um, but also like it being done for like a behind the scenes thing, like not necessarily being um, highlighted or really shown off, you know, like we don't really focus on it a ton. We're just kind of like, yeah, well, someone's just doing their hair right now, but we get some great shots, but like, not necessarily any like money shots around that, but we get some great close-ups of these people as they're talking. I, I'm very curious, like what lenses they use. Cause like we have some wide shots then we get some really tight shots, yeah. all pretty seamless. You know, I'm like, man, what, how get did they crane, pull this a off? A crane shot in there that we'll talk about. That get was a great crane shot. Impressive. <laughs> so it's that, it's that kind of stuff. But again, like I, I would probably drop a star off of this if it hadn't been a one because I just like, I respect uh-huh. what they did so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I yeah. thought the payoff was kind of interesting at the end that we'll get to that as well, but some fun characters, uh, luckily no baby was put into a boiler oh room. Oh my God. You don't know how many times I thought of climax when watching this movie. Yeah. Right. I was like sick. Like I, I, I guess and maybe maybe that was influencing me a little bit where I was just because there is a baby in this movie. A yeah. very, very cute baby. Um, 
and and you know the setting and kind of that that um color palette and like that cabin fever yeah. that you naturally get um from a situation like this and i i don't think this story like i said it didn't really work for me in general but i don't think it would have worked for me in the slightest had it not been a wonder i think it is very yeah. important to keep that flowing energy from place to place and person to person that is what makes this so intriguing and and um salvages what i think is some some pretty like lackluster murder mystery aspects of things mm-hmm. um but but i thought of climax repeatedly and i thought something was going to go off the hinges and um i i do think that it you know you can obviously see that movie in this right like you can see that idea and how how to induce that um really frantic energy which did work yeah yes i, I agree with that i do think it's also interesting that this is technically like a murder mystery but we're never like with any detectives trying to solve it, you know, mm-hmm, like it's just yeah. people talking about it. So that was also something I had to adjust my brain around. And I think once I did that, that helped too. It's like, Oh, we're just talking to people who are waiting to be interviewed basically. Like we're hearing their yeah. side of this stuff. And it's just like, there's some accusations like, well, I can see why you would do it, you know, like that kind of a thing, but no one is really scared of anyone else. Like, Oh, are they going to kill me? Are they going to do that? Like, barring one person who we will talk about like there's one individual that people are kind of kind of freaked out about but also willing to follow around to make sure (laughs) they don't kill other people so it's like you're not that scared of this person like you kind of are but not a ton so that was an interesting aspect there's no benoit blanc there's no one that we're with like trying to solve this it's just people who are being held in this place essentially just like waiting to be interviewed and then they're gonna leave that's that's all it is so it's like what BS do you guys talk about while you're waiting? That's what this movie is. It's a lot less about really figuring out who does the murdering. Um, and when we do find out, it's interesting how that all plays out as well. So, yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's, let's let's figure this out because I have questions and I, I want to know. So this is a million percent, percent spoilers. This is the final 10 minutes of the movie. This is how the murder mystery is quote unquote solved. Um, okay, so you mentioned that character. His his name is Gak. He's a security guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really weird, really creepy, walking around. Um, mm-hmm. so essentially, the information that we're given is that this this person um has basically been uh has, has been scalped. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the hair and the scalp is somewhere, and we find out that it is with Gak. It is in his his locker. Um, and he had a romantic entanglement, a romantic embrace with, um, with this character that died and then basically found him passed out or dead already in his chair and then scalped him because he thought that he would want his hair preserved. That's the way I understood it. Tell me what, what you took away and then maybe we can like backtrack because like was was he already dead? Like what? Cause there's a lot of unanswered questions in this. Yeah. That Gak is just like, I don't know. I don't remember. And it's just like, okay, well, I'd like to know, please. <laughs> I chalked it up. But yeah. Essentially to what you're saying, like we see them have this entanglement in the stairwell um, while he's in the middle of a break of hairstyling someone, he goes back in and then uh, just kind of dies, you know? So I'm like, all right, did he have yeah. a heart attack? Like, that's kind of what I just attributed it to. Maybe we both missed something. I'm not sure, but it turns out he just kind of died of 
natural causes, it appears. And then okay. that's how I took it anyway. This is I, like my understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, you know, it's like it yeah. something like that. And then, yeah, Gak finds him. And because they spent so much time talking about hair and he's like, it's an extension of the person. Like it's, it's, you know, all this, like it's, it helps describe them and like, it's who they are, all this stuff. And then Gak was just like, well, I want a piece of who this person is. I'm going to, I want them with me. They want to preserve, like, I want to take this with me. And then, just cuts too deep essentially you know it's like rather than just like trimming off hair yeah like cuts because he looks pretty fucked up too you know so like i don't know what drugs and stuff he was on that night before because like they were partying and so i just took it as like oh you just cut way too deep uh and then (laughs) you you freaked out and didn't know what to do (laughs) and so you put it in your fucking locker and then you're just like all right i don't know what to do now so that's so, how I took it. It's like he just died from natural causes and then just happened to get scalped afterwards. The the person who dies uh, is named Mosca. And Mosca, yeah. we do realize in like the final 30, 20 ish minutes that there's cut there there is this like uh movement of drugs that is surrounding Mosca and mm-hmm. his um his lover and his boyfriend on hell. Um and then someone else, Patricio, comes into the picture. I have questions about Patricio um, and why maybe this character was introduced at the very, very end. But the way that I took it is that Patricio gave Gak and Mosca drugs or mm-hmm. whatever that they were, um, you know, side hustling and whatever they were selling. And they both took them. And unfortunately, Mosca's body didn't agree. And yeah. Gak just got wired out. And they, they, probably definitely uh had sex like right in the hallway there where they yeah. met he gack mentions this um and then yeah mosca's like client um hair client goes for a smoke break and and comes back and, and is dead and scalped so all of this takes place really in in like five minutes that mm-hmm. this person is gone um i think it's interesting it just doesn't like it just maybe just wasn't like the quote-unquote like murder mystery like yeah not even shock factor, just like, ah, someone killed, like nobody killed him. I th- I think that is one of the biggest issues for me is like, it's billed as a murder mystery. And we're like, okay, who would have had, and you know, the entire time I'm thinking like, okay, who can't just, does, does, does Kendra, does Cleve do all these people have mm-hmm. motives? Who, who is invested in this? And you get to the end and you're like, oh, well, he just died. And then this guy yeah. who was just high that like had sex with him, scalped him. It's like, yeah, pretty fucked up. But like, not a murder mystery, in my opinion. No, you're you're not wrong. And I think, yeah, I think we both just at some point approached this movie differently because I think early on I was like, no one's really caring about who did this. Uh-huh. So I don't really care. Like, whatever. Like, we'll we'll <laughs> find out at the end. I'm just gonna go along for the ride. Um yeah, but I could just, see being frustrated about like, well, wait, why is no one really f- trying to figure out who did this? You know, like yeah. I thought this was a murder mystery. So I could see the disappointment by the end for sure. Gak was just sketchy from the get go. Like yeah. he was, he was the guy, like the first time we see him, it's not, it's not like hidden from us that this guy is weird and mm-hmm. is probably messed up. And, and we do like the, the very first time that we meet Renee, who just elite fashion on Renee, oh, yeah. incredible hair, just looks like a fucking G smoking his vape and like just stressing the fuck out over this. Um, who, uh, apparently also had a thing with Mosca going on or, or yeah. it was an ex-boyfriend of Mosca. Um, and like, 
Gak is weird from that moment. We see him wiping up blood from his locker. So, like, I guess I was led to believe, like, oh, cool, that's a clue. Like, I want to know, like, is Gak in on it? Like, what's, you know, <laughs> what are we doing? What's he hiding? Um, where does it go from here? And while I think there's interesting themes of, like, you know, what, what I guess, what would you do for love? And, like, this this um industry and maybe like that puts people on this you know like the description says on this edge of obsession and like where this fits into things um it just felt a little too splintered for me in terms of like oh we're we've got 30 minutes left let's bring in this drug ring theme and it or like idea or story and i was just like whoa like why did why was this not brought in like 30 minutes ago because then we could spend an hour i was kind of confused on patricio like he came and went and like you know i just I don't know. I just think there are too many vacant ideas for this movie for me to really dig in and, and enjoy it. That's totally fair. And yeah, Renee's current lover, like sounds like he had a past or kind of a side thing with Patricio who then is connected to Mosca and Gak. Like there's a lot of stuff that's brought in for sure. It's kind of weird. And you know, the Mosca thing is, he, you know, he's one of the hairdressers that's in this competition and, and is apparently the favorite. But yeah, that's when I was just like, well, no one seems to really be worried about that. Like they're kind of jokingly somewhat lightly accusing each other of like, well, Cleve, I can see why you would do it. Cause you want to like, you want to win, you know, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But like that never really got pursued. The gag thing was interesting to me though, because it did, it, it became a full 360 on thinking he did it. Because he is sketchy as fuck at the beginning. <laughs> but then like any good murder mystery, you're like, no, that's just like a bluff. That's like a reverse psychology. Like they yeah, want yeah. us to think this guy did it because he looks so sketchy. He's wiping blood off his locker. Like we, they, 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 okay. So it's not him. They want us to think it's him. It's not him. Not gonna be, yeah. Who, who is it now? And then like we go through this whole movie, then like we come all the way back around. It's like, oh my God, Welcome it was Jack. him. Like, like he didn't, <laughs> he didn't kill him, but he's the one that scalped him. It's like, oh, okay that was crazy. They really kind of just told us from the beginning in a sense who this was, like who was, who was responsible for this. And I, for me, that worked. I was like, Oh, that's really okay. interesting that they like, like they were like, Oh, look at this guy over here. Maybe it's him. And we, as the audience are like, <laughs> Definitely it's not. not him. Come on, you guys, I've seen movies. I know who did it, you know, that kind of a thing. And then by the end, it's like, actually we were, we told you the whole time, like he was wiping blood off his locker. Cause that's where the scalp is. I, I, I think I would have, been on board with that if it ended up being Cleve, who is the first person that we see in the, okay, in the yeah. first scene. We'll start our, our true cinema here. We we get in the first scene, we get this monologue from Cleve um about kind of her history um mm -hmm. with with people. She's the only person with a history of salt of assault in this kind of group of hairstylists. And she hits a dude with a glass conditioner bottle, um, which in, incredible monologue, really impressive stuff to deliver this and the camera swirling around. Um, I think if, if it ended up being that where it's like, oh, okay, cool. It was Cleve. Like, yeah, yeah. She, does. she had, she has a history of, of this kind of stuff that makes sense. He was slated to win. She's wanted to win forever. She accuses Renee and Kendra of like, you know, kind of like, um, being under the table on this okay. kind of stuff and, and, uh, funding the money for this project and all these kinds of things and this contest. Okay, cool checks out like if it, if it ended up being cleave that like literally you know cornered him and scalped him i would have been like all right that was okay cool that was kind of fucking sick but like it didn't and it's it, you know i guess that just like is where where it differs for you and i i guess i just i just didn't fall 
on on your side. Um, but I I liked the intro to the movie. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it already, but the I would have loved seeing a reaction video of my face as I'm watching this because I'm just like processing. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is a long take. It's like, wait, is this a wonder? It's like, no, this is just gonna be like an intro. It's like, oh my, holy fuck, this is a wonder. This whole movie's <laughs> yeah, gonna be a wonder, yeah. you know? It's just like, what is happening right now? Um, but just so well done. And then again, like I, a lot of people. I mean, people know I do like video production, but I think even people who don't do video production are still just like, how did they pull this off? Like, where, where are they? Like, and it's ballsy to like, we're going to do a dressing room that has like entire walls of mirrors, you know? And tons of lights. Tons of lights, but we're not going to do like black swan and digitally remove ourselves. Like, we're just going to like kind of shoot around it as best we can. And they do a really good job of it. So this opening scene as far as the wonder aspect goes, really set the tone for me. Yeah. I like the wonder. I dig the wonder. I think it's executed well in the entire movie, especially in the first mm. 10 or 15 minutes. And, and I, much like you, um, you know, I think the thought process, especially when you go into something this blind, like 1917, everybody knew like you, yeah. you go, you watch it because it's a wonder. Like it's that's why you're pitch. seeing this movie. It's part of, exactly part of the pitch. And this not so much. So it's definitely a, a wonderful surprise. Um, security guard Gak asking for baby wipes. Um, <laughs> just really strange, really weird. And just from the start, you're just like, all right, this guy's fucking weird. Like yeah. I, there's no way, other, no other way to put it. Yeah. I mean, at first is like, I think I, I assumed, I don't know if you did, but I was like, Oh, he just shit. And he like needs a baby wipe. Like, okay. <laughs> interesting. That's ballsy to ask someone for it, you know? Yeah. And then he comes back a second time. He's like, can I get more? It's like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, what is going on? Um, but then, yeah, that's, uh, that's when it becomes like, Oh, okay. They want us to think this guy is the guy that did it. Got it. Okay. So now we got to pay attention to everybody else. Let's see what's going on. So cool way to meet the character cool way to like transition between floors and stuff like that as well. So I think cool. like just realizing like, oh, okay, we're going to do this all in one take. Um, I'm generally curious how many takes of this are like stitched together because I think they did a, a really good job with it. Yeah. The transitions between characters is done really well in and out of rooms and between floors, like you mentioned is, is um, pretty awesome and something that's really, really technically impressive. I don't, I don't know how they did some of these things, um, next one on the list is, is Renee. So we meet Renee, um, again, just elite fashion. I wish, I wish I had Renee's hair and glasses and I don't know, maybe just whole personality. Um, and he meets Gak and he asks him what his name is. And the guy says Gak and Renee's like, that's a weird name. He's Gak. It's like yak. And I just, <laughs> I, I died all on the spot. I was like, that's maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard ever. And then Renee continues to get really inside of his mind, which I actually liked this scene. I thought it worked well to, to be like, damn, this guy's really troubled. This guy's beat mm-hmm. up because he does run this competition. And he says something about like a snow cow. And I was just mm-hmm. like, where, okay, this is getting weird. Where are we going with this? Things are getting a little frisky. Um, and then unfortunately like that all just kind of drops, but I think it was, you know, obviously to show Renee's hand a little bit, how distressed he was wonderful interaction. And it does show that Renee was just, oblivious to the fact that like a Gak is the weirdest name ever created and be like the guy did it that's right there yeah it's Gak. i mean renee is like going through losing mosca and he kind of asks Gak about it and that's why he leaves like have you ever lost someone that you loved and that's yeah. when Gak gets up and like and leaves 
And, but I think he's just so caught up in his mourning and stuff that he doesn't see him literally wiping blood off of his locker, you know, or off his hands and stuff like that. It's just like, he's so caught up in his emotions. He can't pay attention to anything else. So it was a cool scene for sure. Yeah, definitely. I I really did like the visuals of Renee kind of like smoking his vape and having all of that vapor in his face um, kind of put against a really dark backdrop and a really Mm -hmm. um, impressive silhouette. I thought that that looked really nice. Uh, next scene, Cleve taking it to Renee, Renee and Kendra. This is when Cleve just starts accusing Renee and Kendra of things of like having this whole thing, um, basically done up and rigged and everybody's in on it. And I liked this. I wanted the movie to keep going in this direction of the, 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 the drama between everybody instead of getting sidetracked with like, oh, we think Gak did it. Let's hunt him down and figure that out and then learn all this extra stuff. I just wanted to stay with this really intense um, cutthroat cabin fever drama with Cleve and and Renee and Kendra and everybody getting at each other because I felt like when we were put in those instances, their characters said things and made choices that you were like, oh, that that could be a crack. That could be a fault. Oh, this could be a reason why they might have done it. And I thought that is when the movie worked best, especially in the scene, which is for me that the highest energy scene we get Cleve like darting across rooms and taking it to people. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Tackling Kendra doing all that kind of stuff like that. This was, (laughs) this was a great scene. Tresemme bitch. She's like, I got pepper spray. She goes, Tresemme bitch. (laughs) It's Tresemme bitch. Yeah. There's so much funny stuff. My favorite line of the whole movie is, is in this, like it was initially going to be my, true cinema moment here okay uh, when she comes out and yells at renee and she says that panting pro v fuck and i was <laughs> like that's such a hilarious insult for this industry you know where it's just like the most that's baseline the the <laughs> right you know it's like oh i'm gonna call you you're like dollar store shampoo you know what i mean he's like you're fucking panting pro v fuck like i thought it was so funny like that's great that's such a great line you know like it's so funny to me and then yeah to turn it into like attacking kendra and stuff this was i agree with you like I, I enjoyed the movie, but I definitely would have like loved even more if it became more cabin feverish. Like if everyone mm-hmm. just started like accusing each other and exactly doing all like that climax. kind of stuff. <laughs> if it was climax, essentially, yeah. Um, that that would movie that I really fucking hate. By the way, you do I not know, enjoy right? climax whatsoever. I, so still I was like, stand man, if this fact- movie could have been more like climax, we would have been on on the up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As long as that baby lives, you know, it'd be fine. Jeez. But um. I still maintain that's one of the best horror movies from A24. That movie's fucking nuts. Yeah, I absolutely agree on the underrated aspect. I do think it's an yeah. underrated in the A24 library. Here's a scene I wanted to ask you about because this kind of comes out of nowhere. There's a character named Divine who is um, religious, of course, as, mm-hmm. as her name might imply. Um, and she kind of shares with Kendra and some other characters her religious aspects and how she's grown closer to God over the last few months. Um Gak all of a sudden enters a room, gives her a full body hug and says, yeah. thank you. And she says, thank you for what? And he, she, and he, he says, thank you for everything. And then he leaves and then she, divine proceeds to go to, I believe Kendra's room or, or Cleve's room. And, and basically say like, I respect you as a hairdresser. I think you're great. Like total 180 from what they might've transpired in the very beginning of the movie where Cleve, basically called her a bitch and said like you are bad at your job um 
what the fuck? Like what? I I don't <laughs> understand the scene. I it just it feels like it was out of left field. It felt like it had no consequences outside of once the scene ended. I want to get your take. So just before that, she kind of follows him, right? And just like whatever you've done, it's okay. Like she kind of gives him. Like for like tells them yes. about forgiveness and stuff Which like that. Which I like the lighting in this scene. It was very like from heaven. It was cool. Yeah, exactly. Like they really keyed up that light. It was very bright on them. And she's like, whatever it is you've done, like it's okay. All that kind of stuff. So I just took that as him just thanking her for absolving him of, you know, whatever yeah, it is some he's kind of feeling penance, so guilty right? about. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I took it. Okay. I thought it was a really well done scene. Um, but yeah, then for her to take that, take her own advice and then go down and talk to Cleve and handle all that stuff. And then Cleve, like not believing it, you know, she's like, what is this shit? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Are you putting me on right now? Like that yeah. was pretty funny as well. So yeah, this is, I thought this was a very well done scene. Uh, okay. Angie, uh, really the only person we see get their hair done pretty much completely until at least yeah. until the very, very end. Um, his character named Angie. She, uh, Cleve finishes her hair really kind of a, a passion project or a good way as Renee states to kind of like distract and, and go do something else. She gets her hair all done up and there's a plastic boat in it. She goes out for a cigarette and catches her hair on fire. And this was intense again. Like I, I guess I just feel like I was getting one, two punched. I was like, Whoa, things are going to get crazy. And then, I guess to a certain extent, depending on how you might have received the movie, it does get crazy because this is where we're introduced to Patricio and like we start understanding yeah. this whole, you know, triangle and, and really um, love conundrum that's going around. Um, but for me, it felt like we, we elevated for a minute and then we kind of dropped back down. Um, unfortunately for Angie, probably never going to model again. Tough life. No. Yeah. That's once you burn your face kids. like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of rough. Um, I, no, again, like very interesting scene uh, is like we meet Patricio here is kind of like a, a savior of sorts. Like he saves one person while you could argue that he like, you know, yeah. whatever he did caused someone else's death in the same same time frame within 24 hours. Um, no, but I mean, cool scene watching that boat fall and just like crash to the ground was kind of cool. cool. And then um, this is another moment where it's a really great wonder where we're following with them down the stairs you know just the choreography of all that i think was really well done so this was this was a, a cool scene for me so this scene takes us outside for the first time which i which i liked i appreciated it. i was like okay we're getting bigger like we're expansive things mm-hmm. are going to get more interesting here um we see renee on the phone with on hell trying to figure out where he is this is where we get the moment um and i'll just tell you i will just tell you right now this is my true cinema moment so i will reveal nice. uh, a couple of scenes early but we get this oneer that goes from Renee. We track back with him. We go up on a crane and like they PTA'd this shit like from Boogie Nights. Like I don't know how you went from the ground to the crane. Like you must have yeah. a long crane if you're if you're pulling this off. Um, you go up to a crane and then we kind of turn and we go into a window of a building and we meet Gak and then we follow him back down to the building. Um, absolutely technically impressive and astounding really seamless and i liked the um kind of change of of i guess scenery change of you know height and elevation and just mm-hmm. change of the way we were seeing the entire thing uh i thought that was a much needed like kind of punch of freshness to the movie and it it worked really well for me and i i liked it a lot 
Yeah, it was probably the most impressive technical aspect of the movie. Very cool to see. Um, it reminded me, I think there's a scene kind of somewhat similar in, in the sense of it being a wonder with a crane in one of the like early Bond movies, like uh, oh, okay. not early, but like um, Daniel Craig Bond movies, like Quantum of Solace or something. But um, yeah, it's really, really well done. So it kind of reminded me of that, like, oh, we're, we're here walking and, you know, someone got hooked onto a crane and then just got like <laughs> lifted <laughs> up to this other floor. It's like, dude, that's, that's nuts to see that. So yeah, that's the most technical cool thing about this movie for sure. Definitely. Uh, a few more scenes here. Gak giving answers. This is when he's interrogated. It basically starts to be like, I don't know, I don't know. And everybody's asking him questions and saying he's high and he's whacked out of his mind and he doesn't know what's going on. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, I, I was kind of already a little checked out at this point in time to like, be honest with you. I was like, we're not going to learn Like, look, I know he did it and I know it's in his locker and I, we're not going to learn anything really that is new or exciting to me. Other mm-hmm. than the fact of like Re- Renee trying to deal with his own emotions, which I don't know, I, I kind of attached to a little bit more, honestly. Yeah, it was still, I think I was still into it at this point too, because we still didn't know who did it and they believed him or some of them did anyway that he didn't do it. So then it's like, okay, so then mm-hmm. like, who is it? Cause we don't really have any like real suspects here at all. And we're within 15 minutes of this movie ending. It's just like, <laughs> all right, so what, what happened, you know? So I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, but like hearing all that, I was like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's, that's good. And then we're met with the final explanation. Mm-hmm. What? So what is this? This is, we, we, we follow on hell basically up a set of stairs and like through a hallway. And then we get to a moment in time where like he changes and like puts on a sweater. And then all of a sudden we are at the show. We are there. Mm-hmm. So um, I took this to be, like a like a live version of like what transpired of this is what happened because we do kind of tote with Gak a little bit at the end there of like when he's telling his story to you know the the interviewers or the police or or CSI or whoever um then we see kind of his actions of these things so I just took that mm-hmm. as like this is what it was and this everything we've lived for the last hour and a half is what it turned into after the incident how did you decipher this like final 10 minutes yeah it felt like a weird mix of flashback and flash forward because you know we we go to the event that presumably happened later they didn't hold it right after someone got killed you know so this is you know he talked about um on hell talked about like going back to columbia with their son and then the son's not there and it's like oh yeah i left him with my mom so it's like okay so this must be so a little while ahead, later. Okay. Yeah. I had quite a, quite a ways in time. That's how I took it. Yeah. You know, and then I came back. Um, but then we also get again, like kind of the flashback of everything happening with Gak um, and Mosca kind of at the same time, just like tying everything together. So it felt like just really, it, it was tenant, you know, don't think about it. Just feel <laughs> it. Just you know, it. <laughs> you just gotta don't think about it, man. I okay I respect that I, you, you pulled me and you, you said tenant I was like okay I'm on board all right I get that um and then you you filled out our notes um before this pod you helped me out and you wrote down that there was a dance scene during the credits I had turned the movie off before that and I read oh. our notes and I was like oh shit there's a dance scene during the credits so I flipped it back on and lo and behold there is a dance scene during the credits 
this dance scene fucking rips and i think it's one of the best parts of the movie which is kind of sad in my state of being here yeah it's a bummer <laughs> i mean this is my true cinema moment because i had such okay. a good time with it and i was like we talked about it earlier but i was like man does, does this made the rush more of a24 dance scenes with like right. oscar isaac with after yang you know what i mean like I, i'm curious what that fourth spot is but like this i think after sun Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Like that's a solid foursome right there of like a twenty four dance scenes. Like that's the Rushmore. If you're listening to this and you have other nominations, let us know. But I think this would be a good thing for us to find out. Like, what's the best dance scene in a twenty four movies? But for me, this one makes my Rushmore. It's like, damn, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> They're like just all yeah, of them dancing cool. together. Renee can't really keep rhythm, and he's going the wrong way like Not the whole time. You know, <laughs> it's like well, this guy time. cannot really keep a beat at all, but he's doing it. He's committed, you know. So he, I love. He had it. One, he had one of the coolest dance moves when they're basically going from like side to side in this big group. He like he pretends he's on the phone, and then he checks his watch, and then he makes like this this uh, emote where he he just has no idea like what's happening, yeah. and then he just like repeats that seven times. And I was like, oh, he a million percent just made this up on his own. Like, he yep. was just like, what's the weirdest thing I can do? And that was it. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And I <laughs> loved it. So, yeah, this is my true cinema. That's good. I, I appreciate that. Both of our true cinemas uh, involve Renee, which I, I think, uh, for better or worse, was the best part of the movie for me. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't think the movie really worked for me, unfortunately. Um, I, I have it pretty low on my 2023 rankings and my a24 rankings um like out of out of their library so far um but yeah you know maybe it'll grow on me maybe i'll watch it again in the future who knows but i i am excited for what this this director is going to do next because i think that he has some really exciting you know way that he sees things mm -hmm. um and yeah thomas hardeman i'm i'm excited just to, to see what what comes next for for him um okay you want to do a1x are you ready Let's for this do it. yeah okay we've got murder mystery movies of course this is billed as a murder mystery even though i vehemently disagree i don't really think it was a murder mystery um so we've got medusa deluxe we've got rear window clue knives out glass onion murder on the orient express charade la confidential girl with the dragon tattoo a simple favor the third man memento oh yeah memento that's wow banger banger list edition there mystic river the nice guys and gone girl that's on our short list here that's some good i feel ugh, those are some good ones dude i feel like i, I don't know i gotta pick like an a and you know one a b and c here yeah i don't blame <laughs> you there's a lot of good options here um i'm going off script man going off God, the list fuck. here every time i left it off on purpose because i'm it's over one of my, 100 episodes in with you and I, I every time i'm just like what can he pull next? <laughs> uh, i'll tell you it's one of my favorite movies of all time um and it's a little movie called scream which oh, is great choice right like i saw wow. it on some list I'm like oh fuck yeah that is a murder mystery isn't it like we're trying to figure out who ghostface is the whole time like i never think about those movies like that but yeah it's exactly what it is so uh yeah, Scream is gonna get my my vote for murder mystery A one act. Gosh, that is that's impressive. That's that's really that's really good. I'm jealous. That's a good one. What did what did you think of Scream Six? You've seen Scream Six, the newest one. I mean, there. I'm it, also just trying to vamp because I'm trying to be as no, cool as you and pull something man. off the list. You're good. It's <laughs> it was weird to not have Nev Campbell, you know, like because she's been the mainstay through all this. So for her to not be there was kind of strange. Um, but they had some really interesting sequences there. The ladder uh, um, on the alleyway was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoy these movies 
the first one is obviously the best, but I think there's something that's good about everything that's come since then. Um, and these are all, again, like they're all kind of murder mysteries and, there's some definitely unbelievable stuff in six. Like <laughs> you get stabbed 300 times by two people. And you still live. You like still I don't live. understand how that works, <laughs> you know, but uh, whatever, I guess it does. Yeah. I'm with you. I actually had a really good time with scream six and it's one of my, my more enjoyable movies of uh, 2023, but I'm, I'm with you. I, the stabbing, yes. that was a, a one, one step too far. I want to give a shout out for bad times at the El Royale. I yeah. think that movie is definitely slept on. Um, John Hamm, Dakota Johnson, Jeff Bridges, um, and Hemsworth. Thor, yeah, and Thor. Um, yeah. really good stuff in that movie. Out of this list, because you know, I I like to stick to the rules and go with the things <laughs> that are on the list. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I love Memento. Uh, I love Gone Girl. Ben Affleck, Stan, uh, over here. I think, um, Gone Girl has like you know one of the, I, I don't know. I just think Gone Girl is really really good. Um, but, but then you get into this, this pickle where like knives out has kind of reestablished what the modern day murder mystery can be. Um, I think especially with, uh, Daniel Craig and I think glass onion did a really good job elevating that and, and taking it to another level. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think I gotta pick a one, a B and C I'm going to go with one, a is memento one B is uh the nice guys and one c is rear window and i'm gonna Ooh. get roasted alive for putting rear window at the bottom of that list but that's how i feel yeah. right now, you know by me yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey i am taking a an alfred hitchcock class in yeah. school right now rear window first movie we gotta watch and i was like nice. yo it's the one that i've seen let's go that's <laughs> a fantastic movie i love that movie that is good but you know i couldn't not show respect to the nice guys i think Ryan Gosling needs to be in a straight comedy again. Uh, I know you yeah. don't like Russell Crowe, but you got to give credit where it's due for the. Nice this guys. is one of the few movies I like him in. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, yeah. good. Glad you see the light on this one. The second A one act, Wonder movies. This is a Wonder. We've talked about it. I think it's really the be- the best part of this movie is the fact that it is Wonder. Uh, so we've got Medusa Deluxe, nineteen seventeen, Rope, Victoria, Running Time, Son of Saul, Invasion, Blind Spot, Silent House, Birdman, like we mentioned and Russian arc. Um, I don't know any of these movies. Most of them are foreign films. Um, I don't really know any of these movies outside of 1917 uh, and Birdman. And, and I'm, I'm going to go with Birdman. I think Birdman is a five-star film. I think uh, rightfully was you know nominated for a bunch of Oscars. And I, I think, um, funnily enough, it's a very similar situation in a very uh, similar scene or, you know, kind of setting to mm-hmm. Medusa Deluxe. And, that kind of um, inhabits, you know, this this kind of wonder. But I love Birdman. You know what's crazy is that you probably know this, but he shot that in between shooting The Revenant. Yeah, that's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, to direct Unreal. two, like, best picture winners, like, and just, like, do one of them in the middle of one of them. Just like, oh, I got to wait for it to get winter down south, so I'm going to film another movie right now that's going to win a fucking Oscar. Like, Take up a little second job, actual side right? hustle. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Birdman is great. 1917 is great. Um, you know, you have your Hitchcock class, so I think I'm going to shout out Rope because I think that's just okay. like yep. a really well-done movie, especially for the time. You know, the way that... like. There are there are no seamless transitions in there. Like it's very obvious what they're when they make the cuts. You know, it is not that kind of a film. But 
to still pull that off, I think was very interesting. And it's honestly something that Hitchcock even said later on. He's like, I wouldn't do it again. Like there's no, like it <laughs> was good. fine, yeah. but it's just like, it was, it was kind of gimmicky, whatever. What I am going to shout out that is off list is a movie. Have you seen atonement? No, with but I Kira like Knightley I've... and James McAvoy and Sayersha Ronan. No, I've definitely heard of it though, but I don't, I have no idea what it's about. Um, great movie. There's well a fan- done on the on the on the Ronan pronouncement, by the way. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even gonna try to yeah, replicate. <laughs> no, I love it. It's one of my favorite names to say. Um, but there's a, a fantastic wonder moment in here where McAvoy's character is actually on the beaches of Dunkirk, like the Nolan movie. That's where the scene takes place. And it is this long, I want to say like 10 minutes at least, but this wonder of like all these troops on the beach and he's walking around trying to find someone and just the explosions, like all this stuff that's happening. It is so well done. And it's just like in the middle of this, like Joe Wright movie, he was just like, you know, like this romantic movie. And then suddenly there's just like fucking banger one or scene. So I, it doesn't qualify for the whole movie, but it is something that sticks with me. It's just like such a, such a well done scene. So my pick is rope, but I want to shout out atonement. That's fair. Uh, top three Norton performances because I mentioned Birdman. Now I'm now I'm going down the Birdman Whoa. hole. Do you have Do you have three off the top of your head? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Fight Club, uh, Birdman, American History X. I think those are Norton's Norton's finest. Yeah, I mean those are all good. Primal Fear is solid. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a proud fan of the Incredible Hulk. I'm not gonna wow. deny it. You and yeah. you alone. Yeah. Hey, that's a great club. It's a club of one, but I love it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue American history X and fight club like those, you have to have those two. And then the third one I think can be up for debate between so many things, but, um, I'll probably take primal fear, which I also think was like his, his feature. Yeah. I think it was his his debut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've not seen uh primal fear, but you know, who knows? Maybe this power ranking changes when uh, Sausage Party 2 comes out. Apparently he's in that. So <laughs> maybe. <see> what happens. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. A24 ranking for Medusa Deluxe. What do you got, Ben? I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling sad about where I'm headed with this. I don't um, like it. Let's see. I gave Earth Mama a B plus. I'm trying to like go through and see what's yeah. like. We what very sporadically document our, our ratings. Yeah, we and do. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's a tough job because we always forget. And then I'm like, I'm never going to go back and find out. I think I'm going to go maybe a B minus 24. Oh, wow. I think that's what is that too low or is that? No, I'm oh, just, okay. no, I'm, I'm, I feel like that's pretty high. I feel like that's pretty good. If they had embraced that scene with Cleve, you know, and done more of like the pointing fingers at each other, this, I, this for me easily could have been a B plus if it had gone that route, but uh-huh. that's not what they did. And that's fine. I still respect what they did and I still enjoyed the movie. So yeah, I'm going to go with a B minus 24. Respect. Uh, I'm going to go, gosh, this pains me. Cause I think Medusa Deluxe is, I think the idea is there. And I think, uh renee is a really cool character and i think it's a great movie in theory and i also i still think the title is bitchin i really like the title and Mm. i i I like the artwork for this movie and everything but i'm probably gonna give it i gave i gave earth mama a b plus is that correct a b plus 24 yeah yep oh gosh it's i mean it pains me and i try not to do this but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with a uh d plus 24 i think yeah i think 
I would have gone with a D if I didn't get the crane shot, and that bumped it up to a D plus. I love that crane shot. Um, but like I said, it just, I don't know. It just felt pretty vacant to me. I, I was left uh, a little empty-handed when we got to the end and, and kind of resolved all of these things, knowing that it was Gak from the very beginning. And um, I just feel like we didn't really dive deep enough into each individual character to warrant um, this this particular story. And, you know, the Wonder's technically uh, impressive feat, and there were some good moments, but it just is it's pretty low in the A24 library for me. Um, maybe I revisit that at another time, but I know it's like engraved in stone and I can never change my score. So. Yeah, it's locked in 100%. <laughs> Forever and ever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Here lies Ethan Simi, Medusa Deluxe D24. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped it down to D24 already. Damn. Oh, D plus 24, D plus. Kidding. Has the crane shot. I forgot. Yeah, give, the, <laughs> give it the crane shot for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Exciting. That's Medusa Deluxe. Um, a movie that I was excited for and disappointed by, and a movie that you were excited for and uh panned out. So I'm really happy for you and I'm yeah. a little jealous, but that's super cool. Uh, next week on the pod, we're talking about the Florida Project. No new A24 movie. We don't know when we're going to get to see Problemista. We'll kind of move the schedule around as we find out. But uh, the, the Florida Project was requested in a comment on YouTube. So we're going to cover that. So if you want us to cover anything, you can always comment on YouTube or yeah. on Twitter. You can uh, add us or DM us or anything you want to do to get our attention. Uh, send up, send up the A24 bat signal. We'll get the call and we'll cover it here on the pod. But yeah, we're going to do the Florida project, something we've been wanting to do for a while and is requested. And we will have a special guest on the show. Never before been on the pod, uh, avid listener of the pod. And so that's pretty exciting. I think it'll be a, a great episode. Stick around for that. Yeah. I'm super excited to finally see that. Me too. Um, first, whoa. First time watch for both of us. First time. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. That's going to be cool. And Green Goblin, you know, I mean, I'm already on board. <laughs> Love to this see it. Good. It's Willem already. Defoe, we're going to do a Willem Dafoe power rankings. Yeah, time. it's already at least at a C24. <laughs> um, you know what? Okay, get rid of Primal Fear, 25th hour. That's like one of the best oh, wow. Edward Norton performances. Getting it in in the 25th hour. Got to get it. Got to get it in here right at the end. The Spike Lee joint with Edward okay. Norton, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Barry Pepper, Rosario Dawson, Brian fucking Cox. Fuck Jesus. off. I mean, Fuck come off. on, you know, and Anna Paquin, like it's a great movie. 25th hour. That's what I'm locking in uh, for my third, but what a cast. I've literally never even seen that movie. That's insane. Wow. dude. Yeah. Add it to your extended queue, <laughs> but I love this movie. It's so good. Um, yeah. Tell us what your thoughts were on Medusa deluxe. If you guys did it on VOD, if you checked it out, um, you know, at least for one of us, it's a, it's a recommend. I, there's a very good dance scene to say the very least. So let us know what at you thought about the very end movie. of the film. At the very end <laughs> to reward you through, like for Ethan Simi for, 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 for sitting, sitting through, through it. <laughs> and I like that you even missed it though. The first time, like I, this probably would have been like a D 24 if you hadn't got to see that dance scene. Like that would have been Dude, dropped down. Honestly, it, it took a lot for me to be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go back to voodoo. I'm going to click on resume. I'm going to, scrub the movie back to where I was and find this dance scene. I, that sounds like a lot of effort now, even just saying it. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was. Yes. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It was a great dance scene. Yeah, it was good. So let us know what you guys thought about the dance scene. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Uh, and let us know what you want us to watch. We are open to taking recommendations all the time. So uh, hit us up. Absolutely. 
Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at 24 minutes of a 24. And don't forget that you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, where you can watch us talk about this stuff. Uh, Ethan does a great job putting these episodes together and they're super fun to watch. So check yeah. them out. If, if you're watching this one on YouTube, you might notice a little difference. Uh, it was 105 degrees in Portland, yeah. Oregon today. So uh, I could not be in the shed in the, the infamous recording shed. So I'm in my office uh, with with my wife's uh, Boston finisher number behind nice. me. Nice. Shout I out. Like that. Love to I see love it. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. Um, also, if you're interested in supporting the pod, you can become a patron. We have a, a side patron podcast called 24 Minutes of Not A24 where we're going through not a 24 stuff. We just ran through the whole mission impossible series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did Disney rides, the movies, which was kind of fun. And then now we're Shout doing out jungle cruise for being better than we both thought it ever could be. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> good. Yeah. It's the eighth wonder of the world. Um, and then now, right now we're going over our AI movies, artificial intelligence, some fun stuff in preparation for the creator. So if you have interest in supporting us, we would love that. But either way, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for listening. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. 